0: Dylan, 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 where did you come from? I think he's an industry plant. And I said this in my industry plants podcast. Dylan Mulvaney feels like an industry plant, like he was cultivated to infiltrate the narrative He's making a lot of money acting like he has some kind of inside track to being a female. This dude is not really transitioning, in my opinion. He's more like cosplaying what he thinks it's like to be a woman. He's a caricature of what girls and women are. What the fuck is girlhood 365 days of girlhood what man is actually going to say I want to experience girlhood even the keenest of gay guys that I know know better and he's not a victim in any shape form or matter I don't feel bad for Dylan because he chose this he's an attention seeker This was his choice, but this is what happens when you sell your soul for fame and money, thinking it will bring you happiness because he wanted the attention, but at what cost? Well, you know what, you got it, buddy. Attention is abound and his life will forever be damaged in my opinion. He'll be rich, but he'll be unhappy and truly unfulfilled. But let me just say this. I don't have anything against the LGBTQ community. I actually don't give a rat's ass what goes on. They don't pay my bills and I don't pay theirs. What I do have an issue with are those who are trying to change the definition of words, what these words mean. Because words have a significant meaning. And as a writer, I take words very seriously. It's the trying to make the natural born woman seem less than while trying to step in our shoes and be us. I don't just feel like a woman. I am a woman. I can't explain what it's like to be me and be in these shoes or what it is. Because I, what I do know is that makeup and dresses and skirts and all of those things, those things don't make a woman. Those are outer appearances kind of things. And to me, he's not really committed to being trans. He's just making a mockery of those who don't feel comfortable in their body and real natural women. Look, I've been watching, I've been sitting on the sidelines, just kind of looking at everything that's been going on in the last couple of weeks with this dude. He can't use Tampax. That's a fact. That's not my opinion. That's a fact. Unless he sticks that Tampax up his ass or in his nose or whatever other hole he can find in his body. I don't know what for. I don't know what it would be collecting, but he can't use packs. He's as flat chested as, as my wall that I'm looking at. So why sell Nike sports bras? He don't have shit to fit in that bra. Shit to support while doing sports. So explain that to me. He's under 30 years old. So why does he need Olay? What's the point of him Because to me, Olay is for older women. I'm not saying that younger women can't use Olay, but his skin looks pretty tight to me. Like I can't understand why these companies are ignoring their bread and butter, their targeted audience. But guess what? It's just a matter of time before people push back and hit those companies in the pockets. And these mammoth companies... They, didn't, they weren't always like that, if you really think about it. They started small. They didn't get like this overnight. But guess what? They will need the consumer more than the consumer will need them. You can live without Nike. You can live without Tampax. You can live without Olay, for sure. And if you don't drink, you can live without beer. There are alternatives to all of this stuff. That's what competition is is about. These companies don't have a monopoly on their industries. There are some no-name brand stuff that will gladly accept you spending their dollars with them for those products. No one is going to feel like, truly, no one is going to feel like buying a pair of overpriced $250 Nikes, especially women, when they can get some other shoe that's probably just as comfortable, does the exact same thing for about $100 cheaper and still be okay. Especially in this high inflationary age, people are looking for ways to save money anyway. So you just gave them reason to do so. Why not to get those shoes? Why not get that sports bra or buy anything from Nike or switch to a different tampon company? because they're out there. I don't really weigh into social commentary a lot in public, but I felt like I had to say something about this because it's not right. I don't have any issues with any spokesperson being sponsored to sell a product. But guess what? You have to make it make sense. And this is not making any sense to me. I don't buy items because some celebrity told me. I buy it because I need it. But in this case, there isn't any amount of reasoning that can convince me that Dylan Mulvaney can sell me a tampon, a sports bra, or any kind of skincare product. And I'm an older woman, so give me a fucking break. Those ESG scores, they're a bad representation of company ethics and consumer-targeted audience understanding. A company cannot and will not survive catering to less than 1% of the society thinking it's being inclusive. How backwards is that? Perhaps these companies need to have separate campaigns that cater to just that community. Really though, but make it make sense to everybody, to the larger buying audience, make it make sense. Because if you're trying to target and you're trying to sell a certain product to a certain demographic, Why are you going to get somebody who is not inclusive or like that demographic? That's not how that works. There's nothing that Dylan Mulvaney can sell me in being a woman. And I'm older than him by damn near 20 something odd years. So I've been doing this much longer. And with that, I'm off my soapbox (laughs) and we're going to get a word from our sponsor.
1: Are you a book lover searching for your next captivating read? Look no further than Something Borrowed. Experience the thrill of a good page-turner with Michelle Carey's newest novel, Something Borrowed. This riveting tale will take you on a journey through suspense, romance, and mystery, leaving you wanting more with each turn of the page. Once upon a time, in the land of love and longing, Mickey Monroe stumbled upon a mysterious creature known as Lucky. From the moment they locked eyes, Mickey knew there was something different about this charming fellow. He exuded confidence, with a sprinkle of cockiness, yet remained ever so sweet and caring. Alas, fate had other plans for Mickey's blossoming attraction towards Lucky. It turned out that this alluring Casanova was already taken, and not by just anyone, but by one of Mickey's own employees, the lovely Lorimore. But the plot thickened as a new player entered the game, the delectable Beth. Suddenly, Mickey found herself entangled in a web of desire and passion, where Lucky was the prize that everyone wanted. Enter something borrowed a tantalizing romantic tale that will have you on the edge of your seat as you follow the twists and turns of Lucky's enthralling journey. Will he choose Laura, the devoted girlfriend? Or perhaps Mickey, the alluring newcomer? Or maybe, just maybe, the fiery Beth will win his heart. So grab a glass of wine, cozy up with a blanket, and prepare to be swept away by the irresistible charm of Lucky and his tumultuous love triangle. You won't be able to resist diving into this gripping story, filled with complex characters and unexpected plot twists. Whether you're a fan of drama or romance, this book has something for everyone. But don't just take our word for it. Critics are raving about Something Borrowed, calling it a must-read and an unforgettable journey. And now, for the first time ever, you can experience Something Borrowed like never before. So why wait? You'll be able to pre-order Something Borrowed this summer and experience the excitement for yourself. Something Borrowed will have you on the edge of your seat, as the mystery of Luke Lucky Varino is uncovered. Coming soon to these retailers Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, Google Play Books, and Kobo. Find out more at www.michellescarry.com. This ad is sponsored by Sunray Multimedia.
0: Okay, so let's get into today's topic. Today I want to talk about an article I read on Apple News. And it was from Fortune Magazine. And the title of the article is, Parents are sacrificing retirement savings to set their Gen Z and millennial kids up for success. And it's creating a vicious cycle. What the hell? Now, the parents of millennials and Gen Z are actually Gen Xers, me. I'm a Gen X, and I have both a millennial and a Gen Z. But I'll admit this. I'm still a little not sure when the millennials stop and the Gen Zs begin, because I've seen it where the millennials go up to 1999, and I've also seen it where they stop at 1996. So I don't know. But we're talking about that age group now it is not uncommon for parents to want to support their children's success i know i do and their well-being all the time but sometimes it may involve sacrificing their own retirement savings not me but i understand that there are some people who do and while this can be a selfless and well-intentioned gesture it is important for all parents to realize and to consider the potential long-term consequences to these types of decisions. We sacrifice. Retirement savings are critical for ensuring financially stability in your later years. So why would you put that on the chopping block? You've been working for 30, 40 years or however long it is. Why would you want that impact on the quality of your life? and your ability to meet your basic needs. But it's all because it's also very important. So instead of sacrificing retirement savings, parents can, can explore maybe some alternative ways to support your children's success. You can provide emotional support, you can provide guidance, you can, can provide encouragement. And then as a parent, it is your job to help your child learn financial literacy and some type of financial independence. You have to teach them to learn how to budget, to save and invest responsibly. That is part of your job, in my opinion, as a parent. Now, whether it is done well, well, that's another issue for another day. We all know because sometimes even my generation do not have really good financial skills. Not like I would say probably my mom's generation or my grandparents' generation, totally different. But let's dig into this article. The article, it states that the majority of parents in the United States have made financial sacrifices to set their adult children up for success. And even at the peril of their own savings, this is so unfortunate. So to me, Parents not saying no and not kicking in some real tough love is putting themselves at a detriment in the future. Your future self has to look out for your present self and your present self has to look out for your future self. The article also stated that nearly seven to 10 parents, so about 68% of parents who have children 18 or older, haven't made at least one financial sacrifice to help their kids. Now, have I ever helped my children? Yes, but have I ever put myself out to the point where I'm cutting my nose off to spite my face? No, not at all. And the article also says that the most common financial hits are the parents' emergency savings. You know how much it takes to save money? It takes a lot, especially, you know... I think it's interesting when you have retirees that say they're on a fixed income. Well, so are people who are working nine times out of 10, nine times out of 10, every 80 hours, you're getting the same paycheck. Is that not fixed? And so you have to figure out between all the different variables, how to use that fixed income of your paycheck to meet all your needs and savings is usually the last thing that people do when i guess it should be the first take out how much you're going to save and then build your budget and your bills on that leftover figure now let me tell you i get it that these are different times when i was growing up i understand i didn't have to contend with higher home prices or crazy out of the way student loan debt plus on top of that I didn't have to deal with a lack of good paying jobs. And then I didn't grow up in part of my time. I didn't grow up in a global pandemic. So I get it. These are truly different times than 30 years ago. But parents, please, you can't put yourself aside for in your own well-being and your safety for the benefit of your children. Now you all can work together in these days and times. Because what I want to know is, is what are children doing to contribute to setting themselves up for this success? It's not a one-way street. It can't be all done by the parent. And the parent cannot feel guilty for not doing the most. You are doing the most when you provide, when you put yourself in bad situations where then you're financially unstable. How is that helping anyone? But according to Bankrate, across generations, the consensus age range that Americans believe children should start paying their own way is between 20 and 23. Perhaps unsurprisingly, Gen Z typically believes parents should fund expenses like bills and insurance until at least the age of 21. While baby boomers tend to believe children should be responsible for these types of expenses a full two years earlier. So what is that like 19? I don't know if that's going to be possible in these days and times, baby boomers, because we got different things going on. So nearly eight In 10 millennials, that's about 78% receive some type of financial boost from their families, including help paying for college, down payments on cars and homes, and inheritances. It's not just small potatoes because 27% receive at least, at least $25,000 in financial help. And that does not account for the savings boost that some have benefited from by living with their parents. At what point in time, parents, do you say no? Excuse me, in my voice, dealing with my allergies. Despite the positives, financial experts generally advise against providing financial aid at the expense at your own security. I agree. I said that. It's the same as being told to secure your own oxygen mask first. Like when you're on the plane and they're giving you those instructions and they're like, yeah, put your mask on first and then put your child's mask on. It's the same thing. But if you have done what you are supposed to do as a parent, your child will have the skills or at least you hope they will have the skills. I mean, I understand wanting to help your children. I do. You want them to do better than you, just like your parents wanted you to do better than them. But at some point, our children, no matter the generation, have to find and make their own way in this life. I did it. You did it. We've all done it. They have to do it. That's a part of life. There isn't anything wrong with helping out a bit here and there because we all need help. We all need help, but it shouldn't be to the point of one's own detriment. That's a no-no because it says something about your parenting skills when your child is a leech. Why do they think that they can leech off of you? Because watching your child stand on their own two feet, being able to make the right decisions about their life, their career choices, and how to manage their money well says a lot about your parenting skills. I wholeheartedly believe that. But no one is absolved from experiencing challenges, right? We've all had challenges, because that's what life is. (laughs) We're always presented with different challenges. And what is life without a challenge? It would be an easy, dull life and not filled with any growth. Because challenges in life are often a sign of growth because they provide opportunities for us to learn, to develop new skills, and to gain new experiences. When we face these challenges head on, when we face them, we are forced to step outside of our comfort zone because Lord only knows you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have to be able to confront obstacles. And these obstacles can be difficult to overcome, but look at so much that you will learn about yourself when folks confront those things. And our children have to go through these same exact things. I know it can be uncomfortable, I know it can be stressful, but it also allows our children to help them build resilience. It helps them develop problem-solving skills and to gain a greater sense of self-confidence. It gives them the wherewithal to know that they can do it on their own. And yes, when things get a little too tough and a little too challenging, yeah, help is there. Help is there. But God helps the child that helps their own. You know what I'm saying? Challenges, I mean, they, these things require us to be creative and think outside the box, which can lead to new perspectives and ideas. But if us parents are always doing these things for our kids and they don't have the abilities to get these opportunities to overcome these challenges, what are they? We have to be able to face difficult problems at work. Lord only knows that. We got a lot of, I'm not going to get off on my tangent about passive aggressive people at work. But anyway, because we have to collaborate with people. We have to collaborate with others to find solutions. Sometimes we have to lead. We have to network and make new connections and relationships. All of these things are scary For some people and for others, easy breezy. But like I said, it is a part of growth. And if your parent is always paying your way through life, I wouldn't say necessarily as a Nepo baby, but what are you learning? What are you learning? So come on now. We got to overcome these challenges so we can get a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction which can motivate us to continue to grow and develop. We cannot continue to give our kids thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. You cannot. I mean, they have to know. They have to understand. They have to learn. They have to grow. They have to stretch. They have to embrace life and the challenges that are given to them and seeing them as opportunities for growth. Because we can become, everybody becomes more resilient through these kinds of challenges, we come adaptable. And like I said, when the uncomfortable becomes comfortable, we have to find the new uncomfortable because it really does bring a sense of success to our personal professional lives. Yeah. So what do you think? Let me ask you this one question. My opening monologue. What are your feelings about Dylan Mulvaney and his situation? Do you even care? And what do you think about parents putting themselves in a hell of a bunch of debt to set their adult children up for success? Like, were you not successful and now you're putting your own success into detriment? How much would you help out your kid? Hmm. Well... If you're liking what you're hearing in the Useless Information Podcast, please take the time to hit that follow button so you're kept up to date as episodes go live. And if you're liking what you're hearing, leave a review. You know, follow, review, and let the podcast gods know, yeah, whatever Michelle is doing, I'm liking it. So, as always, I'm grateful for your listenership, and I thank you for being a part of the useless information crew today and always until next time be well stay safe
1: and give love this podcast has been produced by sunray multimedia and michelle Carey. music by creatormix.com the youtube audio library and editing by descript